History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its Decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free and it's easy to get started and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash justnews. Hello, America, and happy Wednesday. That's right, it's Wednesday, middle week, hump day. Not only hump day, you know what it is? It's AMAC Wednesday. The Association of Mature American Citizens always brings us a great conversation on Wednesdays, and today will not be any different. Bobby Charles will be in the house in the second half of the show. We're going to be talking a little bit about the loss of American national security posture. We're losing soft power and hard power. We don't have a Pentagon able to keep supplied. We haven't been able to help Ukraine win the war against Ukraine. We've equivocated on how much we're really going to support Israel in the Israel-Hamas war. Bobby Charles, former Assistant Secretary of State under Colin Powell in the George W. Bush administration, now the national spokesman from AMAC. He's going to join us in the second half of the show. But the first part of the show, we're going to focus on a crisis that most in the news media keep trying to ignore, the fentanyl slash illegal drug crisis, because it is significant. It is devastating. And it is part of a international strategy by China. China, not New Mexico. We talk about the Mexican drug cartels all the time. But part of a national strategy by China to destabilize the United States. That's according to experts. The FBI director has raised this question today. You're going to hear from the former chief of special operations for the Drug Enforcement Administration. He led the war on drugs for a very long time in its most sensitive job as director of special operations. Derek Maltz Sr. is going to be with us, and we're going to talk about China as conducting a chemical warfare strategy against the United States, fentanyl being the main one. But now, as we saw in Maine over the weekend, China is getting involved in pushing marijuana. Why? Because if you produce a lot of illegal marijuana and then you distribute it, it's a gateway drug. And over time, people move from marijuana to other more dangerous drugs. And you're going to hear Derek Maltz talk about this. He has said it. You're going to hear it today. China is not by accident getting into these drug businesses in the United States on U.S. soil. What am I talking about? Well, over the last couple of days, law enforcement raided an illegal industrial scale marijuana growing operation 
in Wilton, Maine. In fact, this just happened yesterday. So just a day ago, at the time, a man who identified himself as a general manager of the property confirmed that the site was a marijuana grow that paid $30,000 a month in rent. So it's well-funded, right? It appears that some of the individuals who are apprehended have connections to China and transnational organized crime. That's what we're hearing from the Department of Homeland Security. This was a major, major bust. But what's most major about it, it's tied to China. That's right. It's tied to China. And it's not unlike what's been found in California, in Washington, New York State, Massachusetts. China is getting in big with the, not only the drug cartels in Mexico, not only with fentanyl, the most lethal of the drugs out there today, or one of the most lethal of the drugs out there today that they're pushing in America, marijuana and other drug, illicit drug trade. Also there because, as Derek Maltz is going to tell you in a second, it's part of a larger destabilization strategy for China. Important important, important stuff. We can't underestimate how important this is and how weak the Biden administration and the U.S. government's response has been. Very excited to have Derek Maltz on. And we'll also tease, I'm going to be part of this TV special. It's going to air Sunday at three o'clock Eastern time on Real America's Voice, the same channel that hosts my nightly show with Amanda Head, Just the News, No Noise. We're going to do a special focusing on the families who lost loved ones to fentanyl. The Lost Voices of Fentanyl family event. Real America's Voice, 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock on Sunday. Take a little break from football. Watch this event. You will not forget the faces. You will not forget the voices. You'll be reminded that this Chinese-driven, they deliver the precursors, Chinese-driven drug crisis in America has enormous reach. It knows no limits. It does not care who the victim is. It kills indiscriminately. That special I'm very proud to be part of with some other great colleagues at Real America's Voice. Lost Voices of Fentanyl family event. Sunday, 3 p.m. on Real America's Voice. Be sure to tune in. But we're going to get a great preview and just how deeply involved China is in this from Derek Maltz Sr. in just a few minutes. So stay tuned. That's going to be a great conversation. All right, folks, before we go to break, because it is a Mac Wednesday, I want to remind everybody of the incredible opportunity it takes to be part of the AMAC family, the Association of Mature American Citizens, more than 2 million strong, a huge strategic partner for Just the News, John Solomon reports, Just the News, No Noise, the television show. They are working every day to get common sense back in government. They're fighting for American seniors. They're the alternative to AARP. The things that they're doing, they're unlike others who just keep kicking the can down the ball. They're working to preserve Social Security and Medicare. They do not want it to fail. They're working to pass health care transparency so that you can shop better for better prices and not have to accept whatever your insurance company or doctor told you is the only option. They're working to secure election integrity and to protect our children and our grandchildren from the left's dangerous agenda, whether it's transgenderism or an insecure border and so many things in between, including crushing debt of government, which our children and grandchildren are going to inherit. Now, I want to ask you to join me and 2 million other Americans nationwide. Become an AMAC member today. It's just as little as a dollar a month. That's a great bargain, right? This is your chance to remind Washington that you have a voice, that you're going to join with other like-minded voices to conquer all the silliness and zaniness and that occurs in America in the marble asylum that is Congress. You can do that by joining AMAC. AMAC amplifies your voice. AMAC puts like-minded Americans together by the millions to make a difference in this country. Now, to join AMAC today, go to amacamac.us forward slash just news. One more time, amac.us slash just news. You're going to get a discount. 
match me on my five-year membership. Say thank you to AMAC for what they're doing for us. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, first up, Derek Maltz, some disturbing new revelations about just how deeply involved China is in destabilizing this country through the illicit drug trade, fentanyl, marijuana, and everything in between. We'll have that right after these messages. Folks, Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store, Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick. House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks. Welcome back for the commercial break. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm going to be part of a very special event Airing Sunday at 3 p.m. on Real America's Voice, The Lost Voices of Fentanyl. It's a family event. We're going to host it here in, at the Just the News Real America Voice headquarters in Washington, D.C. Families who've lost loved ones to one of the greatest chemical attacks in American history, the fentanyl poisoning that is spreading across our country at a rate 
that alarms anyone that I know in law enforcement and in the medical world. One of the great organizers of that event and one of the great voices speaking out about just how bad it is, the fentanyl crisis, literally a nationwide epidemic, is Derek Malt Sr. He's the retired director of special operations for the great Drug Enforcement Administration. And today, one of the most important voices trying to combat the fentanyl crisis. And he joins us right now. Derek, good to have you back on the show. Thank you, John. I appreciate all the work you're doing to help spread the awareness and save lives. We have to. We, we cannot stop talking about this because it's so easy to get complacent uh, and we just can't let that happen. And it seems to me, as we look out across the landscape, particularly since in the last two or three years under Joe Biden with a, a more uh, insecure border, that the signs of the illicit drug trade accelerating are growing by day. Some pretty big uh, uh, law enforcement actions yesterday in Wilton, Maine, not a place that you would think of as a a hotbed of drug uh, trafficking, but uh, law enforcement raids and illegal industrial scale marijuana growing operation there. Another sign that the uh, the drug cartels and their allies in the United States, they're thriving, aren't they? Yes, John. But that one goes even a, you know, a bit even more deep when you look at the Chinese Communist Party and you look at the role of China and their criminal networks in the overall drug crisis in America. Because people are not connecting the dots, John. This is way bigger than just a bunch of, uh, you know, illegal selling marijuana up in Maine. First of all, it's all over the country. It's not just Maine, Oklahoma, Oregon, Washington State, California, and you know, all different states. But yeah, Massachusetts, I think, too, right? Massachusetts. But Chris Ray, okay, he's the FBI director. Whether you like him or not, he said the following: that the greatest long-term threat to our national security is that posed by the Chinese communist government. So what the hell does America think is going on when these illegals are coming in at record levels in fiscal year 23? They apprehended illegally over 24,000 Chinese nationals. Most of them, I'm being told, are military-aged men. Now, they already have four, over 4,400 you know, captured in the month of October of this year. So they're going into these different cities. They're setting up not just marijuana grow operations, but counterintelligence operations. But John, the worst part that people are not connecting is that all over America every day, Chinese nationals are picking up large sums of cash from the Mexican cartel operatives all over the country. And the cash is being turned over to Chinese businessmen who are using the cash to loan the money for the cartels seamlessly but to use that to buy real estate, property, invest in different operations like these grow operations. So it's a disaster at many levels, and it's well beyond the drug crisis. So we have Chinese, Communist China, getting involved in the drug trade and then taking the illicit proceeds to probably carry out whatever their national security or foreign policy agenda is in weakening in America. It's, it, this is any doubt in your mind that this is a concerted Chinese government effort behind this? There is no doubt in my mind, and speaking to experts who worked in China, they said that nothing goes on without the CCP's approval. Like, you don't just send kids to America on visas without CCP authorizing it. That's why some of these kids that are here on visas are picking up the cash. We also know that Chinese businessmen cannot export, I believe it's still $50,000 a year outside of China. They need the cash. That's also why last year, there was a big report out of, I think, the Washington Times about Washington Examiner, I can't remember, 
about the $6.1 billion in transactions in America for like a year period of time, 58% of those transactions were done in cash by Chinese businessmen. So where the hell do they think the money's coming from? From the Mexican cartels as they're poisoning our country at record levels. And by the way, John, I cannot prove this in court, but I've been doing this a long time. I talk to a lot of people daily. I'll also say to you, I believe that they recognize that the weak marijuana laws in America and this passive attitude about, oh, marijuana is safe, it's okay to smoke pot. Now they're creating this very pure THC marijuana that's distorting the brains of American citizens. If you look at some of the medical reports that have come out, like the Wall Street Journal recent report regarding the school shooters and their obsessive marijuana appetite. I'm not suggesting that the Chinese caused the school shootings. I'm just saying that from a strategic plan of the CCP, it's a brilliant concept that if we can get into America and sell this very pure marijuana and destroy Americans' brains so then they go to pills and other drugs, that's a brilliant unrestricted warfare. That's my opinion, John. Yeah. No, listen, you're on to something bigger. And, and, and you have come on the show before and done such a great job of describing the role that China China and Chinese companies have played in the facilitation of the precursors that, that the drug cartels then use into the fentanyl production supply chain. But in addition to that, now you see them, it's marijuana. It's basically, they're trying to get Americans hooked on drugs, then take the cash of Americans being hooked on drugs and use it for some geopolitical advantage that they're gaining against the United States. Do you see anyone in the United States government, in the Biden administration, executing a strategy at the breadth and seriousness that the actual threat is right now? I don't see it. I know that law enforcement, I know specifically the DEA, I know Homeland Security Investigations, I know CBP, I know FBI is helping out as well to try to identify these links, look at the money launderers, and they do have some operations focused on, on Chinese organized crime because there's a lot of violence associated with this marijuana business as well. But let me go back to something really important because you've been paying attention, you actually listen, and I appreciate that. You know, the, you know the national security issues very well, John, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on your show. But here's the point. Remember, when I was sitting in the Special Operations Division in 2008, 2009, 2010, up until 2014, I watched the Chinese criminals send the K2, the spice, and the bath salts out of the labs in China, like Wuhan and other you know, labs that we identified. They were making poisonous chemicals and it, we call it synthetic cannabinoids and cathinones going back to 2008, 2009. Then they switched over to fentanyl. They've been doing the chemicals for precursor chemicals for methamphetamine and now fentanyl. They've been doing that for years. Like they go back with relationships with the cartels for 30, 40 years on the precursor chemicals. So it's not just marijuana. It's not just the precursors for fentanyl. Now we have the xylazine, the horse tranquilizer coming out of these labs in China. I believe that's another phase of the chemical attack on America. And they're trying to destabilize the country. And they're doing a pretty damn good job, John, because no one's putting all these things together and attacking it very aggressively. It hurts when you have a wide open border. 
when you looked at the summit that President Biden had with President Xi a few weeks ago, yeah, there was a little discussion about a deal to stop the flow of precursors from China to the cartels, but nothing of the language or severity or acknowledgement that China is trying to do this and it's part of a strategy. Was that a missed opportunity for President Biden to take on China and say, listen, you're going to stop poisoning our children, you're going to stop running illegal drugs in our country, or you're not going to get and put something on the table that tells China you're going to get punished if you do this? But again, he was reading off note cards that his staff has provided him. I was falling asleep watching that, that, that particular press briefing. But let me bring up another point that's very relevant to this discussion, John, that you may not know. So I participated down in the DEA's largest ever international drug enforcement conference in Jamaica two months ago. 130 countries. The administrator from DEA was there. She was very, very uh, passionate about the deaths in America from fentanyl. She was showing her exhibit, Faces of Fentanyl in DEA uh, lobby. But here's the point, John. Guess what country didn't show up? Mexico. Why does America allow them to get away with that? Why does State Department provide any money to Mexico if they can stand in the face of all the law enforcement in America and all the families losing loved ones, and there's no accountability that they weren't there? The one partner that the DEA needs right now and the country needs is Mexico to get aligned with us on attacking those cartels. And they didn't show up. And nobody even talks about this, John. I put out a video when I was down there. You know, it got a little bit of attention, but that's a very serious point to me at the highest levels of failures in the U.S. government. Yeah, at a, a time where strong leadership is required, we're not seeing much of it at all, particularly on this front. And an entire generation of young Americans is expiring in front of us or having their lives derailed, at the very least. If they're not being killed by the drugs, they're getting hooked in a way that sets them on a course for less than optimum success. It really is remarkable, and it can't be an accident. We know China is intending to do this. I want to turn to a second to the TV special because seeing and hearing from people who have had their lives altered by this epidemic is, is so powerful. But before we get there, the history of China, there have been earlier agreements with China to address fentanyl and other things. China doesn't ever really comply with these agreements, do they? No, I mean, they just kind of, it's like whack-a-mole, John. They change chemicals chemicals that are not illegal, right? They play games. Saw that with the K2, the spice, and some of these bath salts because they weren't technically illegal. So they play games. It's all a, you know, strategic plan. I keep saying that because it's way bigger than just trying to make some money. Yeah, the cartels are trying to maximize their profits. They're a multi, you know, global, multi, you know, faceted business enterprise. They want to make money and they're selling drugs to make money. And they're trying to get people addicted to these powerful drugs. But in China, there's a much more nefarious, uh, you know, strategic concept on how they can destabilize and destroy America's power by undermining their future generation. Did we, John, have you looked recently on all the military uh, members that are dying from fentanyl poisoning? It's like supposedly record-breaking deaths in the military, right? And the younger generation. But in regards to China, to me, it's a much more complex strategic plan on destabilizing us, but they're very clever because they're operating now all over our country. They got into our country. Now they've set up operations here. So it's very difficult to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah, particularly when your government isn't looking for it and trying to put them together. All right, folks, more with our exclusive interview with Derek Maltz in just a second. 
folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. All right, folks, more with our exclusive interview with Derek Maltz. There is a very disturbing story, and it's not quite the illegal drug trade, but it's just as scary. In the last couple of weeks, authorities rolled up an illegal bio lab in California that was clearly tied to China again. And some of the lawmakers who investigated have told us, we called the FBI, we called the CDC, and they didn't act. We literally had to work with local authorities because the FBI and CDC didn't have the curiosity to look at this if there are deadly pathogens in an illegal lab or inappropriate lab out in California tied to China, plus the drug trade, and the FBI and CDC aren't engaged, your first line of defense has already been taken down. Uh, What learnings are there from that biolab situation in California? What does it say about the larger vigilance that our government does or doesn't have right now? Like I said, John, they're not connecting the dots of the larger strategic threat against our national security, right? If you look at just the border situation alone, we have no idea how many Chinese, you know, bad guys are in our country because the northern, the, the southern border, we have the northern border, which is under-resourced and wide open. We have the Godaways, which they're now saying 1.8 million Godaways, you know, since Biden took office. So we don't know who's here. But the other thing that scares me a little bit, John, is that the report out of Maine, there's some very aggressive reporters, you know, Jenny Kerr and the guy from the Maine Wire, they're out there, Steve Robinson, I think his name is, they're out there going to these residents and they're talking to these Chinese males and females. But they have some, like, really... um, you know, huge demands for electricity in these locations, which is common for a marijuana grow. But they have like 
cameras and sensors on the roads. So they're watching traffic of people. They're up in the rural areas of Maine. But we know they're all over the country. We don't, re- we don't know what the hell they're doing in these locations. We think it's marijuana grow. Yeah, I'm sure there's some that are marijuana grow. Maybe they're all marijuana grow. But what other nefarious planning are they doing? Especially with all of these new uh, Chinese nationals coming in from the southern border. That's the scary part. So, you know, CDC basically is dysfunctional because right now they're not even putting out accurate and timely statistics on the fentanyl poisonings, the fentanyl deaths. John, here's another thing. How are we supposed to address the fentanyl crisis when we don't even put together the data needed? So as an example, how many fire and rescue companies are going out right now as we're speaking to save people with Narcan? We have no national statistics on how many people how many lives have been saved from Narcan? Thank God for Narcan. But if I was in charge, that's something I want to collect across every state so I could see the magnitude of people that are getting poisoned by fentanyl. Second thing is, we all know during COVID, every day we turn on the TV, didn't matter what station, COVID cases, COVID deaths, right? Now, we can't even determine with any certainty how many fentanyl poisonings, how many deaths. I know last week on the streets of Denver, there were four dead Americans on the streets of Denver within a 24-hour period. It's happening all over, these mass poisonings. We don't have any freaking stats because CDCs are asleep at the switch. In regards to FBI, the problem that's always been occurring in law enforcement, and I live this nightmare and I could go on all day, the synchronization of effort when we look at terrorism targets and criminal targets. We don't put the pieces together always that well because there's silos up between these compartmentalized, you know, philosophies and, you know, strategic. But now we know that the terrorists or the really bad actors like China, they're tapping into the proceeds of drug crimes to get money to operate, to set up operations, to set up counterintelligence for travel, for logistics. We know that across the board. We saw it with Hezbollah. So we're not doing a great job of breaking down the walls. And that goes back, again, to lack of leadership and lack of knowledge of the current crisis that we face. It is a remarkable time. And do you think that the CDC is incompetent? That's why they're not counting it. Or do they not want the breath of the fentanyl drug crisis to be apparent for political reasons? Definitely think a lot of it has to do with political reasons, because it all comes back to the wide open border and the impunity that the Mexican cartels get to operate. And also the Chinese issue is very, very political, especially when you look at the deals the president's son has had with China and all this money coming in. It's very, very political. But I also think there's a level of incompetence because why would you not want to tell the American public how many people are dying and getting poisoned by a chemical substance coming in from labs in China or in Mexico or other parts of the world, Canada, for example, we know that there's fentanyl processing labs up there as well. So why would your government not want to tell the American public when they're seeing one-year-olds die? You know, like the kid in New York went to the, the daycare center and got fentanyl on his hands and dies, right? So why would that be okay for anyone? The number one job, like you said, John, of the government is to protect the citizens. Yeah, no, it is, it is remarkable. And uh, in some ways, it's actually demoralizing. I've heard a lot of people use the word demoralizing in the last few years that um, uh, the big issues of the time simply aren't uh, being addressed. And I think uh, we're uh, you can understand that demoralization when you walk through literally what's been going on here the last few 
uh, uh, months in uh, the fentanyl crisis. I want to turn for a second to Sunday special, which is great. We're really looking forward to having you here in Washington and all these extraordinary families who have suffered the ultimate loss to what is one of the greatest chemical attacks in American history. Uh, there's nothing like looking into the eye of someone who lost a daughter, a son, a spouse, a nephew, a niece. It, it, it just is so much more powerful than some statistic can do. But these families really have been through hell. And despite that, they, they have taken that negative experience and they're like, we want to save other families from having to go through what we have. Talk about some of the gains that families have been able to make, victims and survivors of the fentanyl crisis, the sort of things they've been able to do to get attention where the government has oftentimes refused to give attention. Well, that's a great question, John. And that kind of is what keeps me fired up every day and inspired to continue because because I work with the families, because I listen to the stories, it's heartbreaking one after another. They're all very unique and many of them are you know different in, in certain ways. But at the end of the day, the, the number one thing that comes out all the time is that most of these families never even knew what fentanyl was. So the government failed in the messaging, right? The education isn't there at the youngest levels, right? That's why these 13-year-old kids are going on a computer, ordering up a pill on Snapchat, and they're dying. But what the families are doing that the government's not doing is they're, they're, there's an army out there. There's nonprofits all over the country. They're making films. They're doing education in schools, virtual education. They are doing, um, you know, events in the schools where they go in and they give them, you know, educational materials. They're creating websites. There's so many good Americans out there that are putting the grief into action. It's hard not to support them. And I know you and your organization, your media network have been personally invested to help these families. And we all appreciate that. We look forward to Sunday. But I got to tell you, it's very sad, though, again, the failure of the government. The White House should be declaring a national security, public health emergency, all hands on deck to address this crisis. Instead, we're taking it lightly and the families are picking up the slack. So we have to unite with the families and provide whatever support we can. And that's what I've been doing for the last several years. Well, that support, your work, and Derek, you've been tireless. Uh, you are, when I think of this crisis, you are the leading spear, leading tip of the spear. You are always, always reminding people. But there's been some big wins. The U.S. Senate passed a resolution designating August 21st, 2023 as Fentanyl Prevention and Awareness Day. That's a big deal. When the U.S. Senate declares a whole day of recognition of it, you have your rally every year in September, right? The annual national rally in the mall. Uh, it seems as though at least awareness has grown a lot more in the last couple of years because of your tireless efforts and because of the survivor family's tireless efforts. What are the next steps? What do these families... What do future victims who don't even know they're going to be victimized by fentanyl yet, what do they need in the next six months to a year from the government, from Congress, from the White House? Okay, suppose I was in the White House today. I would be holding a summit tomorrow. I'd be inviting professional athletes, celebrity role models, influencers to the White House to educate them on what the real crisis is now. This isn't about just smoking a joint with your buddies. This is about a mass poisoning on our kids. So these role models, they're going to care about that if they truly understand it. And then we're going to actually do video reels, like mass amounts of video reels. We're going, to, we're going to flood social media with these video reels of people the kids are looking up to. So they get educated about why this is different and what they need to, to learn. So we need the government support to do that, because right now the athletes, the celebrities, the influencers, most of them are ignoring it. There is a really good leader, San Francisco Giants, Logan Webb. 
He lost his kid, his, his cousin, Cade Webb, two years ago. He's going out to schools. He's doing videos. He's educating the youth about this poisoning. But you know what? He's one guy. I know Emmett Smith, who I followed forever, a legendary running back, Dallas Cowboys. He's out there now educating on this crisis. The problem with Emmett Smith is that the kids that are 18 years old, they don't know Emmett Smith. They, he wasn't playing when they followed him. They, we need the current leaders, Tom Brady, LeBron James, the J.J. Watts of the world, the Steph Currys of the world, the athlete swimmers. We need all of them to come out of the woodwork. Then the kids are going to get the message. Right now, the kids are just winging it. They're taking pills from each other. Their parents aren't engaging. And so it is getting better, though, John, I have to say. But it's way too slow for me because every day, 300-plus are dying. That's not acceptable. We can't be waving the, the victory flags. And unfortunately, Joe Biden, three years to have that kind of press that he did the other day, that's only because we're a year from the election. And he wants to you know, deceive the public again that he's actually caring about the fentanyl crisis. By the way, John, last thing on this, because I got to make this point. He said during that conference, he wants to do whatever he can to deal with this and prevent this and whatever words he used. How about starting with shutting down the border because it's all coming from Mexico right now? Wouldn't that be a wise decision for Mr. President to make, John? It, it would. Listen, uh, the, it is so important right now. And the flow uh, through an insecure border that we, we believe from the law enforcement we've talked to, that some of the illegal drug mills that the Chinese are operating are from people who snuck across the border. That's how they got into the country. Uh, we know that. Uh, we know that fentanyl and the drug cartels control operationally large parts of the border. That's not our statement. That's actually the Border Patrol Chief's statement. Uh, so if you want to solve this large of a crisis, it seems like closing the border is the first thing you could do. That would have a profound effect. And yet it's not on anyone's table in the Biden administration right now. How important is it uh, that there's a discussion right now, at least Marjorie Taylor Greene's been doing this, of, of trying to keep repeatedly putting articles of impeachment against Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, because he really is the persona that uh, represents this uh, really dangerous border policies, even if it doesn't succeed, is just having that issue in front of the people meaningful? Very important. So let me tell you, John, I'm part of Border 911 now with Tom Holman, Mark Morgan, Rodney Scott, Sarah Carter, Jason Jones, and Victor Villa. It's a new organization, Border911.com. But here's the point of that. These guys helped the last administration create the safest border in my lifetime. Now, that being said, I listen to them and I learn from them because they're the experts. They deal with the people on the ground. They briefed these people in the administration. They told them what was going to happen if they reversed, you know, you know, remain in Mexico policy and they, it, they didn't deal with the catch and release bull, bull crap, right? They educated them and this administration, including the Secretary of Homeland Security, just disregarded what they had to say. That in itself, in my opinion, is complete negligence, right? You can't come in to a job like that and just disregard what the previous administration said when you're talking about national security and public safety. Those dedicated guys, those three guys I just mentioned specifically, Rodney, Tom, and Mark, they have like combined like, what, 130 or 40 years of law enforcement? They worked on the border, and they have very, very, uh, you know, successful careers. And for him to neglect and just turn their policies aside 
is completely un, you know, fathomable. But here's the thing, John. He, I'm being told, is not a dumb guy. So he is deliberately doing this, and that's really what's scary to me and should be scary to everyone in America, regardless of who you voted for. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, so important to point out. Derek, you do such amazing work. We're going to be very excited to be part of this special that airs 3 o'clock to 5 p.m., 3 p.m., 5 p.m. on Sunday on Real America's Voice. You know where to find that, guys. You watch my show there every night. Uh, Derek, for people who want to stay in touch with your efforts, who want to donate or get involved or volunteer, what is the best way for them to coordinate with you? Water911.com is a good place to donate because what we're doing is putting stacks out to the American public so they can make educated decisions on their politicians on the local side all the way to the top. Found on my Twitter, Derek Maltz underscore senior. Um, I also have a Facebook group, National Security, uh, Public Safety. But Lost Voices of Fentanyl is another very, very uh, important, you know, grassroots movement. 32,000 members now in the group. When I started with them, there was like 500, 600. So we need some money. They, they have a lot of expenses to go around the country and do the rallies and do the education, the travel. So, yeah, those are really good uh, causes. There's other organizations facing fentanyl, Song for Charlie, you know, Families Against Fentanyl. They're all over the place. And I, I post this stuff on a regular basis. But I appreciate that, John. Well, these are all important causes, and they wouldn't exist if it weren't for your tireless efforts, Derek. You really are an American hero. Uh, when the government has failed to step in, you filled that void tirelessly, you and now the families, and um, you're creating action even in the absence of action by our government. That is an impressive thing to watch. As a reporter who's been here a long time, I haven't seen a movement like this in a very long time. So congratulations and thank you from a grateful nation for what you're doing for us. John, one last thing. Ronald Reagan once said, you can't get him to see the light, make him feel the heat. So we're going to try our best to make sure these people, when they take over this government in these high-level jobs, it's a very important responsibility, and they can't neglect it because our future is fading away. That's exactly right. The thermostat is arising, thanks to Derek Maltz and all of his great efforts. Derek, what a great honor to have you on today. Thanks so much. See you later, John. Thank you very much. Appreciate your efforts. You too. All right, folks, we'll be taking a quick commercial break. When we come back, a really good discussion about foreign policy. Bobby Charles on AMAC Wednesday. He'll be joining us in just a few minutes. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend, Friends, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old fashioned theft, it's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset our homes. 
Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge your signature on a home sale form. Then he or she refiles as the new owner and bam, your home is not in your name and all of a sudden debts are being taken out against it. That's why Home Title Lock is my choice. Find out for free when you use my code JUSTNEWS at sign up. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free. So go to hometitlelock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS at hometitlelock.com. Go there today. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. It is Wednesday, so you know what that means. It's AMAC Wednesday. Our good friends at the Association of Mature American Citizens are with us. We always have a great conversation about the state of America, what needs to be done. We always keep it optimistic, even though we know there's a lot of things wrong with it. And this week, we've got one of our favorites. Bobby Charles has had an amazing career. He's currently the national spokesperson for AMAC, but over the years, he has served in the appellate court as a clerk. He served as the chief investigator for the House Oversight Committee. He served as an assistant secretary in charge of large components of the law enforcement and security apparatus of the State Department. He has a vantage point that few people in this country has, and he joins us right now. Bobby, great to have you back on the show. John, it's always a privilege, honestly, to be with you. We love having these conversations, and I think over the last month, having more than two or three dozen members of Congress, several flagged officers and ambassadors coming on the show, there is a really strong sentiment, no matter what side of the political aisle that people are on, that America is losing its perch as the superpower, that its soft and hard powers are degraded, and that there doesn't feel like there is a cohesive, coherent national security strategy. I've heard this from people of all different walks of life, all different political stripes. It is a very clear message of discontent and great worry. Now, you've been in this place a long time, been in Washington, you understand it. Are we seeing an erosion of our national security strategy right now? Well, I think we are, John. I mean, I I spent 10 years as a Navy intelligence officer and, you know, we were, we tried to be on top of our game every day. And I see uh, a deflection at the very at the very minimum. You see the Pentagon itself, the Defense Department at large, misfocused. So they're focused on woke ideals and DEI and CRT and paying for boys to get turned into girls and all this nonsense that really is the opposite of readiness. And so as a result of that, within the Pentagon and the department itself, you see uh, and you can go literally service by service. You see record reductions in and capacity to recruit. So we're, we're at any given time, the United States of America has 1% of its population, actually less than 1% on active duty. And at any given time, we have roughly 7% of the population that are veterans. So it is that small group to whom we not only owe thanks, but on whom we depend for the security of the country. That is assuming that all the assets are properly in place, that we haven't run down our inventories by supporting some non 
NATO ally to the extreme, we haven't uh, lost our bearings. But it's, it's bigger than that, John. A strategy is about how you look out over the horizon, or as Colin Powell used to say to me, look around corners and try to find where your next battle fronts will be so that you can intersect with them, prevent them, optimally deter them. But if you end up having to fight them, that you will unequivocally win. Uh, that, that's the goal of a defense department. A defense department is there to deter wars, and if a war occurs, to win the war. There's no half measure. You don't, you don't just go into it with the thought that you'll back out at some point. So we've got five or six major flashpoints in the world right now, and they are a function of the weakness of this administration and the unfocused nature of the national strategy and national leaders within, I think, within the defense community, uh, perhaps also in the intelligence community, maybe even in the law enforcement community. When you go after parents as terrorists and then you're shocked that Hamas has hit Israel, uh, you might have misfocused. Uh, that might be that you, you didn't look closely at what was really going on because you had a political agenda. So I'd say the five or six flashpoints are China. Obviously, they're putting enormous pressure not only on us over here and walked all over Biden in the recent summit, but they're they're putting pressure on our allies. Uh, you know, the Philippines, uh, South Korea, Japan, Australia, all of our allies in the region. And they're doing it with intent, including Taiwan, of course. Uh, they're doing it with intent, with the idea that we will, you know, they're going to see how far they can push us. Iran, Iran is the primary underwriter of Hezbollah, uh, Islamic Jihad, uh, frankly, pieces of Fatah, which people don't want to talk about, but it's true. Obviously, Hamas and, and a lot of the ne'er-do-wells that don't even have titles over there who are just over there creating uh, chaos on behalf of Iran. This is the same Iran that Biden just freed $6 billion worth of assets to just before the Hamas attack, has decoupled himself from the Hamas, under, what's going on with Hamas, and doesn't seem to understand is the primary sponsor of terrorism in the world, not just there, but in the world. And by the way, Iran is sending ships to Venezuela that people are tracking people getting out of and moving up the Pan American Highway. And just last month, uh, CBP reported that 50 percent, roughly 50 percent of those coming over our southwest border are from the eastern hemisphere, not the western hemisphere. They're not from Guatemala. They're not even from Venezuela. They're from North Africa and they're from the Middle East. So where does that lead? And then finally, you've got Russia which Biden encouraged to have a, I think he called it an incursion into Ukraine. What kind of idiot encourages Putin to have an incursion anywhere? And finally, you have the broader issue of our southern border, which is infecting the security from, you know, Maine to Florida, from, from Washington, D.C. to California. So I, I think that we have a national, what I would call a synthesis of national security threats. And sometimes, not always, but sometimes you get a, a shot group that, knocks out you know the target because it's a shot group not because it's one or two of them but because the synthesis of them is larger than the individual threat and that's what i'm concerned about yeah those are legitimate concerns and they're very consistent with people currently on the inside what they're saying sometimes they can't talk publicly but they see this same erosion they seem this sort of problem and i see a lot of interesting dynamics at work one of them is supporting Ukraine in the war against Russia was pretty universally accepted early on, but it has eroded over time. And now you're seeing even Democrats having some doubts. Certainly Republicans have some doubts. And one of the questions is, the reason is no one can define success. Uh, the American foreign policy has always been rooted in the notion that you 
define the mission, you define what success is, what the American interest is, then you execute along that. And then you measure whether you're succeeding or not, of course, those goals. But Joe Biden is never giving us a goal for what Ukraine uh, victory looks like. And it seems I want to ask you about that, how how problematic that is. Yeah, let me unpack that a little bit. So you're absolutely right. People should go back and look at sort of Graham Allison's book, uh, Essence of Decision, or some of the premier uh, strategic documents that are out in the open environment. And one of the examples is the Bay of Pigs. The Bay of Pigs, after the Bay of Pigs, what happened, and, and, and that was really an inflection point. It was a complete failure. And, and, and it, what it did is it taught us you must have an end game. You must, you don't just go into, I mean, Powell was very stark on this. You don't go into a conflict with the notion that you'll hope it works out well in the end and you'll define, you know, you'll lay rail as you go. You have to have uh, an objective and you have to, and Bush 41, as well as Reagan, were very good on identifying an objective, succeeding in securing that objective, and then saying we're done and and not not trying to allow mission creep or anything else to get into it. The problem we've got right now is twofold. It's that, first of all, one of the great mistakes of the Bay of Pigs was not to have an endgame, but another mistake was that the NSC called the shots. And the NSC is a policy group. It is not an operational group. It is not a group that is configured in order to make operational decisions. And and when whenever you get the White House trying to get operational, from Johnson's Vietnam fiascos to... Uh, and the Bay of Pigs to more recent fiascos where the NSC decided it wanted to make big operational decisions from its little crucible, uh, you get trouble. And what you've got in Ukraine is a decision that was essentially made at the White House that has, has continued to have no endgame to it. And we have an additional problem here, and that is that it's a very corrupt society. Without naming individuals, the country is it suffers the kind of endemic corruption that you see in in cartel uh, ridden Mexico. It is a it is a and a lot of that corruption goes to the top. So I'm not saying we're going to end up finding three or four Corvettes in Biden's next garage. But the reality is there is a bit of a, of a corruption problem here that echoes when you when you punch large amounts of money into Ukraine without an end game. And I'll add one last piece, and that is that, um, you know, right now we have two fronts open. We have a surrogate war with Russia, a proxy war with Russia in Ukraine, and we have a proxy war with Iran by virtue of Israel uh, fighting Hamas. And however that's being done, and we can have complaints about how they're doing it, and, and that's legitimate, but those are two open, open proxy wars. Our strategy says we have the ability to fight and advance in one theater and to hold a second theater. We do not have the ability, at least on paper, even though we'd probably struggle to try to find the way to do it, to battle and to win on a third front. And yet China is a third front just waiting for us to get sufficiently weakened. And Ukraine is drawing down our inventory. It's drawing down our inventory of IMARs, of other missiles, of artillery shells, of basic ammunition. And, 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 you know, if I'm China, I'm looking at this and saying, go ahead, let's let them bleed out. And when they're all bled out, then we're going to hit them. And I, I worry about the next 13 months, John. I don't do it in vain and I don't do it with uh, hyperbole, but I do do it with genuine concern that our adversaries are not stupid. They may be bad, but they're not stupid. They know what we're doing and they know where we're stumbling. And I think our strategy right now is a stumbling strategy. Yeah, it really is. And it does seem to be now in uh, the recent offensive that Russia has done. There's some losses. Ukraine's military seems to, one, not be holding up very well against Russia at this very moment. And there seems to be dissent among President Zelensky and his 
intelligence and military teams. That's playing out and open. Then you get the third factor, which is that somehow a Biden-Germany leak occurred, that the U.S. and Germany were encouraging Zelensky to negotiate a peace settlement, which often is a signal that Western powers don't think Zelensky's winning the war. Can you give us your assessment that is Zelensky and the Ukrainian military uh, starting to lose a little bit of ground, both in the political and in support sense and in the just territorial military sense? I think they are in both senses, John. And I don't think you have to be, you know, I think those are excellent data points. I don't think you have to be a wizard to see it. Politically, uh, we, don't, we only have so much money and we're not, we're not going to be in the business of, of uh, you know, punching endless money into a boat that's got a big hole in it. Um, but, but, and that's the political side, which is why Democrats are beginning to join Republicans in their skepticism and the absence of an endgame, recognizing that. But we're also on the substantive side, and I, I sit on a couple of boards and I, I talk with, with good, good and really seasoned people, people far more seasoned than I am, about how tactics ultimately add up quantitative changes become qualitative changes, how tactics add up to a strategic failure or a strategic decline or a strategic slide. And, you know, one of the guys I really respect is General Jack Keane. Um, he, uh, he really knows where he's coming from. And he, he studied that he literally, his team studies this stuff hour by hour, every single day. And I think if you looked at the material that they produce, and it's more of a think tank, what you would what you would see is the validation of what your data points suggest. And that is that there is a weakness, a really fundamental weakness in the Ukrainian ability to hold the front. And you remember, you know, like a game of tug of war, you know, it can be even, 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 and then there starts to be a pull one way and stopping that pull uh, becomes far harder than it was to just maintain uh, where you were. I think this probably is a good moment for third parties, perhaps a coalition of third parties, to, to see if there isn't a way to intercede and create some kind of a, you're never going to get to status quo ante, but to create some kind of a stable environment that stops the gushing effect of our lost inventory, stops the gushing effect of all of the U.S. dollars going in there, and far more U.S. dollars are going in there than, than allied dollars, and ultimately puts Zelensky in a place where he can claim some degree of victory. He can hold back uh, Russia. Russia itself holds back uh, from from you know, and there are there are pieces of the Russian side of this that were a failure too. Obviously, huge failure. It's it's demonstrated the hollowness of the Russian military. Uh, their morale is down. Their everything is down. So, but so maybe there's a mutual interest. Is I guess what I'm driving at to try to get to peace. And uh, I, I'm a big believer that peace through strength is important. But when you do get into a wartime environment, you either win outright or you get to a point of advantage where you can negotiate to a solution. And I hope that's where they are. Yeah, the tea leaves are reading that way now, and it'll be interesting to see what that ultimate solution looks like. What are the geographic lines that are redrawn as a result of this war? But it probably won't be as favorable to Ukraine. Uh, I think Ukraine's going to end up losing some some ground in the, the current settlements. All right, folks, more on AMAC Wednesday with our exclusive interview with Bobby Charles. we got a lot more to talk about before the day's over. Let's get to that in just a second. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. 
You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, folks, welcome back. More of our exclusive video with Bobby Charles. I want to turn to another subject that you have been so articulate on, and I think over time, there is a pattern growing that Joe Biden, whether it's complying with congressional subpoenas, whether it is honoring the Supreme Court's various rulings, for instance, student loans, you can't cancel student loans without Congress. Well, we'll just find another way around it. Uh, Joe Biden goes around, does it. It seems to me, and then, of course, the rule of law when it comes to pursuing Donald Trump, it seems to me that the there is a new era of lawlessness, and it's mostly in just ignoring the law, right? It's just, uh, we're not going to comply. We're not going to answer. We're not going to. Uh, how big a uh, dent to the credibility of the presidency, to the separation of powers has the Biden presidency brought thus far in sort of a lawless disregard for the rules of norm in America? Yeah, well, remember, laws, John, are all about honor. Uh, The whole society, a republic breaks down if people decide that they're not going to pay attention to the law, because most of it's honor, how you stop at a stoplight, how you decide not to commit a criminal act. uh, It has to do with honor. It has to do with a personal code. If the president of the United States telegraphs that he doesn't believe in in the laws uh, and a speaker of the House, which Pelosi did and, and and a majority leader, Schumer, a telegraph that they don't respect the Supreme Court. They don't respect uh, the separation of powers, which is a constitutional principle. Uh, they're supposed to be equal and balanced and, and mutually respecting. If they don't respect that, then ultimately it has two effects. The, the, the direct effect is that the decisions that are made by high courts, including the Supreme Court, uh, essentially have no effect. A, a court doesn't have an army uh, to go enforce itself. It, 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 its decisions, it depends upon the honor, decency, correct respect for the Constitution by not only the people, but the people's leaders uh, as the first the first the first step, uh, the, the other branches of the government. So, uh, you know, what you what you've witnessed here and then the second effect, the indirect effect is that, again, if a president doesn't pay any attention or senior leaders of one party pay no attention to rulings they don't like, uh, an attorney general uh, really misinterprets laws to the benefit of the political the game that he's playing, uh, that the president plays, then then what happens is people say, you know what, um, you know, he's going to take money from China and 
and they're going to twist the laws. I'm going to twist the laws myself. I'm going to I'm going to decide that I'm not going to abide by this, and I am going to abide by that, and I'll I'll make my own decisions. That's the beginning of the end of a republic. That is lawlessness 101. And what you see with this Biden administration, and it started from the very beginning. You see things like a Supreme Court decision comes down saying that the executive branch, the president of the United States, cannot, with a pen and a phone, uh, to borrow from Mr. Obama, it cannot just waive half a trillion dollars in student loans. And so what it's very clear decision, unequivocal. And so what do they do? They go ahead and, and they basically twist the law in such a way that he can still issue an executive order and pretend he can do that and claim some political benefit from it. That is a that is an in your face denial of the integrity and the sovereignty and the constitutional position and separate and equal powers of a different branch of the, of, of the Supreme Court. Then they take the Dobbs decision, which was one of the best reasoned decisions in the last decade. And it was a very careful dismembering of the Roe decision, which was a badly reasoned decision. And it was a thoughtful decision. And what happens? You get a Speaker of the House, Pelosi, who went out and said, you can demonstrate your anger in the streets. You can go out. You can you get an attorney general who refuses to protect the justices of the United States. You have an attorney general who, when they're protesting on the front lawns and ultimately uh, one a potential assassin tries to uh, line up to kill a Supreme Court justice, uh, the attorney general of the United States doesn't do jack. And, and, and so what happens is you get the political forces at work encouraging lawlessness. And that in turn creates, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it will create an equal and opposite reaction. If the left goes crazy and starts violating laws and committing crimes and we get a replay of 2020s riots that became massively violent. And for some other reason, we get that kind of lawlessness on one side. You will probably see it ugly head raised on the other side. And so you have a president of the United States who instead of modeling restraint and modeling respect and modeling separation of powers, um, we have another situation that just occurred. The Fifth Circuit just ruled that the Supreme Court, well, let's back up. The Supreme Court has issued a couple of uh, opinions in the last couple of years that defend Second Amendment rights, including a decision with, out of New York that allows, uh, that, that completely defends your right to keep and bear arms. And the Supreme Court in particular said that the reasoning that, that, the, that the founders wanted us to bear arms, which means to carry arms outside of the, of the home, that you don't bear your arms around the home, you're, you're, you're able to carry them. And <clears throat> therefore a state cannot condition your ability to exercise your constitutional right on whether or not you pass some training, whether you they like you or they don't like you, they think you have a reason to carry or not carry, they think you might be, God forbid, someone who wants to make America great again. You, goodness gracious, no, we can't have any of those people carrying. Well, the Supreme Court said, no, that, that's not what the founders said. The founders said, you have a sovereign right to protect yourself and your family anywhere with a firearm, just as you have a sovereign right, a constitutional right, a God-given right to free speech and free worship, et cetera. And so Maryland, believe it or not, as a state, said, we, we're going to throw it back in the Supreme Court's face. There's Democrat legislature said, you know, gave them the middle finger and said, we're just going to go ahead and pass along. You had this happen also, I think, in New Mexico. But you had and that was turned around. But in Maryland, when they did this and they said, no, we're going to condition your ability to hold a firearm and you're going to have to get training and a certificate. And we'll we'll sit in judgment on whether or not you seem to be somebody who's worthy of carrying a firearm. 
um, what happened was the Fifth Circuit said just a week ago, no, that's completely unconstitutional. That law violates the Supreme Court precedents that make clear that the right is sovereign and that it belongs to an individual and they have their Second Amendment rights. Well, the, the Biden White House, the Justice Department and Maryland's legislature have now basically said, you know, screw you to the Fifth Circuit. And they've said, well, you know, we're not going to abide. Well, you know what? If you start not abiding one law and you send that signal, people are not going to abide the laws you want them to abide either. And that is the, the beginning of the disintegration of rule of law. And so what do I worry about as a former Ninth Circuit clerk, as a former litigator in New York and other locations, I, I, and a counsel on the Hill for five years? If you don't respect law, then you ultimately don't respect the foundation on, on which the republic has been built. And, the, and, and what lies above that foundation collapses, i.e. the society. So it, it, are, do we need to be focused on rule of law? Yes. And do we need leaders who model respect for separation of powers? Yes, we do. At every level, state and federal. Well, we have this conversation every Wednesday. I'm so excited because the big picture of what's right and wrong in America, what can be fixed and how you fix it, it isn't happening, believe it or not, in the halls of Congress, not happening in most of the federal agencies but when we get you on here, Bobby, we really do have a very strategic look at how what's wrong and how we fix it. And I think that's what makes AMAC Wednesdays so very exciting. Folks, if you like what Bobby talks about, if you like what AMAC does, all the civic opportunities, all the discounts you get, joining a family of like-minded Americans who want to make this country better, stronger, overcome its current challenges, it's a very simple thing you do. You go to AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News, and you sign up for a membership. I took the five-year membership, which is the longest you can get. If you go to that URL, you're going to get a discount that you wouldn't get anywhere else. AMAC dot U-S slash Just News. Go join today. AMAC is making a huge difference, whether it's the town hall series we just did with the presidential candidates, all the work they've done on the Patient Act and many great pieces of legislation, state to national, uh, to all the election integrity efforts they're making by rounding up a really trained army of election observers for the next election. AMAC is making one of the biggest differences anywhere in this country right now. Be part of it. Go join it today. AMAC.us slash just news. All right, Bobby, what a great conversation. We covered a lot of ground today. I can't wait to get you back on next week. Thanks for um, a lot of the big thoughts that we need to start tackling in this country, literally, like yesterday. I, I appreciate it, John. And I, I'll just underscore what you say about AMAC. In many ways, because there's so little overhead, it's really about funding yourself and stopping bad things from happening at the state level, uh, helping support election integrity, helping support the fundamental elements, constitutional and otherwise solvency, Medicare, uh, Social Security, the things that you know our parents and our grandparents understood to be bedrock elements of how this society functions. And AMAC is really all, yes, you get hundreds of dollars of benefits if you, if you wish to use them, but uh, for $16 a year, it's a pretty darn good deal. Oh, it, it is. It's a, I say all the time, it's the best investment I've made. And I think anyone who's joined, I, the other day, uh, I had an AMAC member come up to me. I was out, <laughs> believe it or not, I was on vacation in Connecticut and an AMAC member came. I've been a member. I love, I love the AMAC Wednesdays. Like, oh, great. How can we make it better? What can we do? And, and he said, listen, AMAC is my investment. This is what the guy said. It's my investment to make this country better for my children and grandchildren. I don't want to leave this planet until I'm sure that the country that we're leaving behind is as good as the one I got to enjoy. And I just thought, well, what a great summary of what AMAC's opportunity is. You're not only investing in yourself, your children and your grandchildren are going to benefit from what AMAC's fighting every day. It was a, a pretty cool moment out in the parking lot at a shopping store. So how cool is that? 
I love it. I love it, John. This really is what America is about at, at its heart. It's about people helping people to secure rights that we know uh, God, by the grace of God, we have here in the United States. And, uh, you know, I, I often think that, that the founders would be very proud of AMAC. Uh, Dan Weber, who founded it in the first place, really in many ways was like a modern modern founder. So uh, I love it and I hope people join it and they will never, never be disappointed upon joining no, it's a, it is just a uh, an extraordinary menagerie of in, incredible intelligence and great news and great solutions, great analysis. The monthly magazine is amazing. The discounts are great too. I travel a lot, and I, I'm always marvelled on how much I could save just pulling out uh, the AMAC card. And I think that that is pretty cool as well. All right, my friend. We're going to get together again next week. I hope. Uh, what a great conversation. I really want to thank you for spending so much quality time with us today, Bobby. Always my privilege. Thanks again, John. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. A big thank you to Derek Maltz for his tireless work fighting the fentanyl scourge, fighting the illegal drug trade. Yes, he retired from the DEA, Special Operations Director, but he hasn't retired from fighting illegal drugs. He is one of the most important voices in a battle that isn't being led effectively by the government. It's private citizens like Derek, private citizens like the voices of fentanyl that are winning the war, even when our government abdicates from it. And you heard some really powerful ideas from Derek Maltz about what Joe Biden and the DEA and the Justice Department should be doing, and as opposed to what they actually are doing. Now, from Bobby Charles, a lot of great discussion about the dangers of our kind of uneven and incomprehensible security policies. If you want to say thank you to Bobby, go to AMAC today and join. Match me on a five-year membership. Great deal. Buck a month. Pretty cheap. All you got to do to do that, amac.us slash justnews, amac.us slash justnews. Go there, sign up, join me. Thank AMAC for being a big supporter of Just the News and John Solomon Reports and Just the News, No Noise, the television show. And of course, this Sunday at 3 p.m., please tune in to the Voices of Fentanyl special. The families of fentanyl victims are going to be right alongside me and other great Real America Voice correspondents. And we're going to talk about what is not being done, what they need, how you can prevent your family from becoming one of those victims in the future, because all of us are at risk of being poisoned the way this garbage is flowing into our country right now. So please tune in 3 p.m. Real America's Voice on Sunday. All right, that wraps up today's edition of John Solomon Reports. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, God bless and have a great night. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.